0: This is Film Tank, Tank, Tank,
1: Tank. This is your last chance. After this, there is no now. Oh, I don't know if it's I like it. You know, we sit here like a couple of regular fellas. We're about to make film
0: history. Can you say that again? Just the way he said Poor baby is starting to lose it. They won't know what they're looking at, but
2: why they like it.
3: Hello everyone welcome in to episode 240 of film tank alex diekman here with you along with nick cheney hello wow went really high for that one that was great also tucson egan here hello hello and our good friend sam shamara is joining us as well
2: hey how's it going
3: how's it going with everybody got a Got a full crew here, guys. I uh, really for this...
0: wish you would have told me you guys were just gonna do standard greetings because I thought we were all doing goofy ones, and so now I look like an asshole.
1: Be your own person, Nick. <laughs> yeah, you always look
3: like an asshole too. So I mean, don't Ooh. don't feel that.
0: Oh Oof, goodness,
1: <laughs> Alex. That was extremely evil, <laughs> vile, and cruel.
0: Yeah, but okay. so goddamn charming. <laughs> <laughs> so the film
3: we are uh, reviewing on this episode is uh, the Netflix film from 2019, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Probably could have tried better on that title. Anyways, uh, this film, uh, which surrounds the a chronicle of the crimes of Ted Bundy... Uh, well, actually, there's, they probably should have just went with that, but um, net, uh, IMDb went with this. A chronicle of the crimes of Ted Bundy from the perspective of Liz, I guess, uh, his longtime girlfriend, who has refused to believe the truth about him for years. Also misleading, but that's okay.
0: Um, so I, the film. Oh, boy. What? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that, because I definitely think the movie thinks it's doing that.
3: Yeah. Oh, I think about forty minutes in. It's uh, it's not that at all. But that's no. Okay. Well, I
0: agree with that, but I I definitely yeah. think that that's the intention.
3: <laughs> yeah, I would. Yep. Anyway, so the the film's directed by John Berlinger, uh, who I had really never heard of, and I'm guessing a lot of people probably haven't either. Um, I believe he did a lot of stuff with music uh, and music videos at some point in his career because he got a really bizarre uh, cameo from James Hetfield, the singer from Metallica in this movie. So guessing he has some sort of musical background. I didn't even and- know that when I when we were talking about
1: it earlier about stunt casting.
3: Yeah, he plays – he's early in the film. Uh, he plays the – Uh, initial officer who arrests uh,
0: Ted Bundy in uh,
3: his first arrest in Utah, so that was kind of strange. We should also uh, note
0: really quick that the same year this came out, he also made the documentary Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes, which that's why I was confused last, I think last episode, I mentioned, I was like, whatever happened, but it's like, apparently, not only did it get made, but it was the same guy, and I guess he just loves Ted Bundy so much that he wanted that. Anyway.
1: Why does he marry him? Marianne. Okay. Holy
3: so, Mary. uh... <laughs> is he? Uh, so, this starred Zach Efron as Ted Bundy, and also featured Lily Collins in the role of Liz... Uh, some other people showed up here uh, of somewhat relevance, including Jeffrey Donovan and Dylan Baker, who showed up for, I don't know, like four frames. Uh, another major role was played by Kaya, or Kaya Oof. Uh And she's been around a little bit. She was recently uh, in the Maze Runner movies and also was in the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean uh, film as well. And also she was hate-
1: Effie. What's that? She was Effie in the, the the British teen drama Skins. Okay. Which is a good show. Okay. That is good to know. I have not seen it, but
3: good information. Uh, also, Haley Joe Osmond is here playing uh, Jerry, Liz's co-worker and love interest later in the film. And we have a couple other people showing up throughout this, including Brian Garrity, Jim Parsons, and a wonderful role played by John Malkovich. So, uh, that's basically the players here in this film, uh, which is a Netflix-released film. And uh, definitely, I would say in the ballpark of what Netflix has been doing quality wise for the last few years, other than when they've gotten big name directors and bought uh, things. Now I know they bought this as this was a Sundance release uh, in January of 2019. But at the same time that this, at least to me seems like it fits the Netflix brand uh, pretty well uh, in terms of something that people would just turn on and watch and, Have some awareness of, I know Ted Bundy. It certainly feels like it was generated by an algorithm. That's unfortunately feels correct. So uh, I don't know who wants to go first. I'm sure we've all got thoughts on this. So uh, whoever wants to take it away, just grab the bull by the horns and go. Uh,
1: I'll go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So I just watched this today. Uh, just before we started uh, recording, uh, so these are just my my just pure off the the cuff thoughts. I think that this film thinks that it's trying to tell a story from the perspective of Ted Bundy's um, former lover, former fiance paramour uh, Paramore or whatever. one of his many paramours apparently um, but it's not. Uh, it, it, it it's, it's the the structure for this film is just so confounding because the way that it's coded it really tries to leave a, a sort of did he or didn't he sort of vibe that it's it's trying to paint him as like it, it, it's not like told from the perspective of her necessarily as it is trying to like paint this sort of operative view that only includes what might be, the most humanizing aspects about him, up to the point of him escaping uh, from custody and making it down to Florida, and he's at that sorority. Which then, at that point, it's absolutely like without a, a shadow of doubt that yeah, he he totally did do this. But we already knew that going into the film, and so I don't know what we really gain from trying to code this as though it is from her perspective when it really truly is not. Um, I think that uh, the casting of Zac Efron as Ted Bundy is probably. I'm going to say this, like in my in my opinion, it's the best decision for this film. Um, and I'm surprised. I'm a, I'm as surprised to say that as you're probably surprised to hear it. Uh, simply because of the fact that, well, now it makes a whole lot of fucking sense how he was able to get away with as many horrendous and awful things as he did because he's a white guy and he's handsome. Um, And they also play up on that with uh, like his, his final trial in in Florida where he has like these groupies who are falling in love with him. And then I, I I, it's, it's fascinating to see that scene just because I feel like it, it is sort of a precursor to it. it's, It's like I'm watching the Genesis of, um, America's or, or like one one of the, one of the Genesis points of America's sort of infatuation or fascination with serial killers, which through so many different avenues and through so many different sort of like permutations has resulted in the very film that we are watching at this point that we're discussing right now, which is, is kind of a mind fuck, uh, Honestly, I don't think that's a virtue on part of the film. I just think that it's 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 one of those inadvertent sparks that just makes me go, "Huh, well, that is very interesting and unsettling." Uh, anyway, uh, the stunt casting in this, uh, when you know, when Alex is like reading off like the names of the people who are uh, included in this in this film, and of course, one name that I didn't even know of that that Alex knew of. Um, yeah, this is. I'm. I'm. I'm so perplexed with the, with the casting for this film. It's. It's. It's kind of bizarre. It's not like they're bad. It's just like I would have never thought of Sheldon from Big Bang Theory being like the imposing, uh, like prosecuting lawyer to to send Ted Bundy to his death. Uh, that that is not something uh, I. I
3: saw I'll, I'll. I'll be honest. I feel like. That to me screamed of someone who took a role trying to get away from being typecast. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It was I thought it was weird too because when he showed up on the screen, Emily was like, "What's he doing
1: here?" And I was like, "I couldn't tell you." Yeah, it, I, don't, I don't. know. I, it, let's watch him. Let's see what he's gonna yeah. do. <laughs>
2: I definitely think he's trying to get away from that typecast, but oh, at the yeah. same time, it was it was a very odd choice, and I. Well, I completely agree with you, Toussaint, that I'm actually surprised to say that I kind of liked Zach Efron in this role. Cause it made sense to me as right. to like how this killer was able to get away with so much for so long, but at the same time, I'd also be interested. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll hold on to that thought and I'll come back to it. I'll let you finish first. <laughs>
1: oh, no, I'm, 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 I'm- so basically just to sort of wrap it up, yeah, this was a very um, this is a very weird watch for me because I just don't feel as though I was deeply affected by it. like I know that the film doesn't go into probably the full extent of what he did um but even the broad gestures themselves are so ghastly and horrific and the final sort of like, scene between uh ted bundy and his lover where she actually confronts him with the photo i feel like that was the first time that i actually saw like one of the material like sort of like pieces of evidence against ted bundy and i'm like holy fuck um yeah i i just i I don't know if this i do know what, what i feel about this film i feel like it just didn't really work for me from a structural level, from a, from a framing level, um, there's nothing particularly interesting about the cinematography, uh, the score, if there even was one has fallen entirely out of my memory. Uh, all I, I sort of remember is sort of the, the, the gravitational center of Zac Efron's performance, which I thought that he was just, he, I think he served the, 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 the purpose of, of, of showing what Ted Bundy was capable of as a person, as a, as a persona, not necessarily as a killer. Um, and that is, um, as horrifying, I believe, as, as the actions that he did. So I think that Zach Offron did a good job on that, but yeah. Um, I will pass this off to
2: someone else. I'll go. Um, so I, to piggyback off of what you were saying, Toussaint, um, I uh, I guess I'll start here. Um, I am interested in like true crime documentaries and um, true crime shows and, and storylines and things like that. Um, and I, like I've watched, um, well, it's only the first season um, of Mind Hunter, which was also on, which is also on Netflix, um, and a few other um, like docu series. Um, I will say that I actually tried to watch the um, Ted Bundy series that Joe um, had directed, and honestly, I could not get into it during that first episode, and I was like, "We're done here. I don't care for it anymore." Um, But this film, I, um, while I was interested in it, um, I was more or less um, intrigued by the fact that while it's supposed to be from the Girlfriend's Memoir, the longtime Girlfriend's Memoir, I found it centering a lot on the sensationalism that media played in this role. Um, I think one of the the most... I guess intense moments for me was actually like what Toussaint you had mentioned um, was when Liz confronts um, Ted in that final moment and shows him the picture of the decapitated body. Um, I was actually taken aback by that for a moment um, and the uh, aggressiveness that she showed. Um, But I also kind of enjoyed that moment um, for the sake that I, think that was the first time that it kind of put it into this perspective that it's this is a serial killer. It, it's not just a you know, a smooth talking um, you know, blue eyed man in a sweater essentially who's like, no, that's not me. I drive a Volkswagen. It's just you know, it's slightly different. Um, which while that played into I think what it was going for by being based off of her memoir. Um, I also, at this, that same time, I don't feel that it necessarily was. Um, I will be honest that I had not read anything about this film prior to watching it, and so I was very confused when all of a sudden they're mentioning um that they're looking for this guy who's uh committed murders in um in Utah and things like that and i was like hmm we had no idea that like ted was even going out there like what is this timeline like even though they were showing years um i couldn't put my finger on for at least the the first portion um who they were trying to focus on and and right and why they were trying to focus on them um and towards the end it kind of i I think it's that muddledness that i had an issue with um because it couldn't really zero in on who you were supposed to focus on um i think something else that um i was not necessarily bothered by but i was um a bit frustrated with is that um, these are extremely complicated human beings that we're, in a sense, talking about, especially in the psychological sense. Um, but in terms of actor portrayal, I couldn't really find any depth in them. Um, and I think the, the deepest moment that I saw from at least Zach Efron was in that moment when he was con- in court, when it kept zooming in on his face um, and he was adamantly denying it and started to cry. Um, but even then, I, I can't say that I was entirely sold on it. Um, and I, while I liked that, I got to see Jim Parsons in a different role, um, it i just didn't it didn't work for me and i was wondering earlier today after i had watched it last night of what it would be like to watch this film with less a-list stars i'd be very interested to see it with more indie based um or lesser known um actors i'd i'd be very interested to see how that would have been done um but at the same time, I would have also been nervous that like it would just be a Zach Efron movie. Um, but overall, um, I liked some I liked the cinematography of it. I very much enjoyed the fact that they the the writers actually took Lines that were from the court case. Um, so, like when they were showing the the news clips um, during the credits, um, and they, you could tell that some of these lines were straight from the the court cases, uh, or not cases, um, but the um, the dealings, I guess, in in court. Um, I was very intrigued by that, um, and also when there was a moment of um, It was towards the very beginning when Liz and Ted first met, um, where they used kind of those like short, um, almost like um, Polaroid-esque filming or like film sequences. Um, I thought that that was really lovely um, to kind of break it up from traditional camera wheelings and dealings, if you will. Overall, it was a uh, an interesting piece. Um, <laughs> I I yeah. I, I'll leave it at that, and I I want to see what um, Nick and Alex have to say as well.
0: Yeah, uh, I guess I will go next. I sat down to watch this. Um I gotta admit, I don't know anything about Ted Bundy, and to be completely honest, I still don't think I do. Um after watching this. I I mean I, I know most people do. <laughs> I, I know Ted Bundy the name and I know what his profession was by night, so it's like I knew the broad strokes, but I never looked into, you know, the actual cases and all that. I've just never been that fascinated by Uh, serial killers at large or whatever so most of everything in this movie was actually new to me and the fact that I didn't feel like I truly learned anything um is I feel like kind of a little damning in the sense that that this wasn't really a story that needs to be told um I can appreciate trying to tell this story from the perspective of you know Liz or somebody who would kind of be under his charm and uh, you know, under his thumb, so to speak. But at the end of the day, you can't I know about what they think they did, but you can't say it's from her perspective if we literally leave out the most crucial part of her character arc until the end for the sake of a twist. Um, that to me shows that the movie's not interested in its characters, it's actually interested in the shock value of a story that can't possibly have any shock value. Um, which is just the wrong approach for this movie whatsoever. Surprise a um, murderer. Yeah. I you know, and that makes it sound like I hated it and I really didn't because on the you know, on the other on the flip side it's The pacing is fine, like, it actually does move about, and I did like the casting for the most part for everybody, um, so, like, you know, it, it, it did what it wanted to do, but boy does this movie think that Ted Bundy, uh, is more fascinating than he is, and I feel like it's perpetuating the myth that Ted Bundy himself works so hard to keep up, and that in and of itself is kind of disgusting, um, particularly because it didn't really convince me that he was all that charming. It just told me he was. Uh, uh, I think Zac Efron was definitely the right choice because I, you know, that I I agree with Sam in the sense that like it would be interesting to see you know like more obscure actors do this whatever. But I also think at least for Bundy's role that was pretty much had to be played by someone like Zac Efron where. You you know, you look at him, and it almost works on a meta level, because you would look at Zach Efron, and you would think he would never play Ted Bundy before this, and then that's what makes it work. um, But yeah, there was just so many choices here that just didn't quite work. Uh, the visual palette, um, I don't know why. I know Zodiac did the saturated yellows. Um, to great effect, but that doesn't mean every serial killer movie period piece has to do it too. Um, and the other thing is, during the, uh, end credits, we're treated, uh, as Sam noted, to the real footage of, you know, a lot of the scenes that, in this movie that were actual recreation line by line of what really happened. And here's the thing in a movie like, um, i tanya from a few years ago uh they did the same thing and in the end credits it was actually funny because part of i Tanya's joke throughout the entire movie was can you believe how dumb these people are and if you haven't watched those interviews in a long time you might think that that movie was exaggerating until you get to the end credits and you realize that you know paul walter hauser's sean eckhart was not that far off from the real sean eckhart and so on and so forth uh, in this movie, when you, they're showing you recreations of scenes that you've seen, uh, it just goes to show you that. Well, wait. So you had all this footage, but you decided to waste it and kind of tell a very boilerplate, almost Scorsese-like riff off of uh, what it's like to be a, a charismatic serial killer. I, you know, it's just. I don't know. It's just. It. It. It was almost like they were recreating mundane scenes to the point where it's like well if you're gonna go through that much effort i just that's almost like a waste of money (laughs) film wise but maybe that's just me but um yeah i once again i didn't hate it but i just am thoroughly at a loss as to what the point was for making it because i don't think it respects liz as much as it uh purports to and and it's kind of sad because then it means that the movie in and of itself is falling into the same trap that the media and even Bundy himself, um, of clear misogynist, uh, you know, subscribes to, which is that the important story here and that the, the narrative is Bundy's and the women around him are victims and nothing else. And, you know, when we're watching Bundy escape... The police or whatever in uh in the courtroom or whatever it's like who does that scene benefit because literally the only person who has to gain from those kind of scenes is Bundy himself and why are we giving him anything you know we're already giving him a football field when we're not even showing that he's killing people i know we know it but if the movie refuses to show it then we're already you know moving the goalposts so far uh as to be offensive so then it's why are we going out of our way to say but you know what he he was also quite a little rapscallion um it, it's just a deeply deeply confused movie and while I uh, would say that you know for the most part it trucked on and I kept watching and then it was over, um, I just I just don't I don't get it. I don't get why it was made and I don't quite understand what anybody would really be able to get out of it that they couldn't get out of a newspaper article uh, in five minutes or at the very least reading Liz's memoir itself. So yeah, those are my opening thoughts. Cool.
3: Um, so I, I'm kind of down the middle on this movie. And I think that I, for the most part, actually enjoyed this. Uh, but kind of like everyone else, I feel like this film is pretty problematic, uh, especially in some of its structure and the way that the film portrays its main storyline, which is Liz's storyline. Um, but I feel like the issue is that, there should be no mistake here that this is a film surrounding Ted Bundy. So to have it be about somebody else kind of uh, like, like I feel like the filmmakers had no shot here because they wanted to make a film about Ted Bundy, but not make it about him. But instead they made it even more about him because they tried to make it about a different character, and it, it just like overwhelmed that part of the story, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I had a hard time with this, because I, I really did uh, enjoy this pretty much from start to finish. I thought the pacing was pretty good. I thought the acting was actually pretty good, like you guys. I thought Zach Efron was a good choice for Ted Bundy. And I liked a lot of the other casting choices, including Chaos uh, Sculliderio, which I mentioned earlier, is Carol Ann Boone, uh, which is uh, Bundy's second love interest, the one who um, has sex with him on top of a vending, a vending machine uh, in the uh, jail lunchroom. So that was quite a scene. Uh, and then some other of the, of the lesser-known people here who show up, are, are pretty good as well i really like john malkovich as the judge uh pretty much perfectly casted as he just has to deliver a lot of really judgy type lines uh and he is very much game to do that some of the other casting choices though here i thought were a little weird i've i've never been on the lily collins train like i and i didn't think she was bad in this or anything like that but uh, I didn't think her or that character, unfortunately, brought much to the story. Mostly because uh, I felt like that character thematically was incomplete. It didn't it, it, it? started out with with what it wanted to do in the beginning, um, but but we spend most of the last hour and fifteen minutes on this film focused on Ted Bundy uh, and his trial and his other dealings going on throughout. Uh, everywhere he's been, where I feel like her character, oddly enough gets somewhat sidelined, even though she's the main character in this film. So a lot of weird things like that 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 are are a little bizarre and and to go on with what Nick is saying, uh, sort of disturbing the idea that that we just decided to make a film about Ted Bundy, even though, it tried so hard uh, to go a different way. Um, yeah, but uh, I watched this with my wife, Emily, and I, I think we both enjoyed watching it. We were both uh, intrigued by some of the story beats here. Uh, I'll say this. I don't, uh, at least for me, I don't feel like there's a lot of media out there on Ted Bundy, at least in this in this era. Um, and obviously, he's he's a name that I think that almost... Anyone, at least from our age group, would probably say if they've heard uh, and they know about him, but uh, there's not a lot out there in terms of what exactly he did and where he did it and what his profile was and what kind of women he went after, what age group he went after, uh, that kind of thing. So I felt like it was uh, at least intriguing to, to get a little deeper into this, and and I am always – um, fascinated by and I, I think this is one of the most damning parts of the film that it, it doesn't give a completely fulfilling arc to the idea of um, a person who is a serial killer specifically of women uh, finding someone that he wants to be with uh, Like, and I understand that that's part of the conflict for Liz but at the same time as, as the viewer here like I'm, I'm, I'm just wanting to at least see some sort of moments of what he's doing differently with her than he is with the girls that he finds and why like small shadows of, of decisions he makes of why she was different than the numerous women he's killed previously. Um, and, and I feel like we just get incomplete responses on that because this film... Clearly, had no interest in that part of the story, which I, I think is a little odd. But overall, I thought this really wasn't that bad, uh, especially because I think I went into this with pretty low expectations. Uh, but at the same time, um, I, I wasn't bored here. I, I thought this was interesting. I thought it was a, a pretty good performance, actually, by Zach Efron, and that, that was okay. Uh, But, yeah, there's a lot to talk about in a a negative light for this film because there are a lot of decisions and specific moments that are, uh, I would say, head-scratching for the way that they pan out, Uh, specifically uh, in probably the last hour and 20 minutes where this film – well, sorry, no, the first hour and 10 minutes or so, hour and 20 minutes, uh, where this film is oddly seeming like it's trying to – make Ted Bundy out to be, like, a hero in a way? Like, Nick, you had a you made a gangster movie comment earlier about, like, Scorsese gangster films, but, man, like, I totally get the vibe of him being somebody like, I don't know, like, Al Capone, or I just rewatched Public Enemies a while ago. Like, I totally get, like, a weird John Dillinger vibe with the way that he's played up in this film, which... Even though John Dillinger killed people, like he was a like bank robber in an era where people did not trust, you know, people in that way. So there was an appeal to somebody like that. Like he was a like this guy was just a like a straight up serial killer who murdered countless uh, women, had a very specific profile, and was escaping easily apparently yeah um, a
0: lot of people houses
3: and prisons like I, I don't know
0: a lot of people have i think rightfully pointed out that this movie's failure can be summed up summed up in like that this is what if catch me if you can with about a serial killer <laughs> but like the same movie
3: yeah it's so it's a it's a it's a weird dynamic that there are parts of this where I feel like as an audience member, I'm like, are they trying to make him out to be like, maybe he didn't do it because I think we all could agree. He did it. Um, And, and trying to play up this idea of, well, you know, uh, people are just out to get me and whatever. It's like, okay, little Donald, like no let's... no no he did it he he did that shit he he did Definitely. it and he he kept escaping and he kept showing up at the places where the murders were happening it's like okay I don't know
0: they also and my... <laughs> they also find
3: like rope and like flashlights in his car and a saw the first time and they're like I feel like that seems really weird because the officer again played by James Hetfield never even like. So, uh, what's up with all that stuff? Like, never never asks, just arrest and like, oh, we're going to hold you for some small misdemeanor crime. It's like, what? Like, it's very bizarre.
0: Yeah, and they also end the movie with him kind of having the last word. Like, I know they do the actual epigraphs, but before that pretty much let the character say like, oh, I'm just telling them that I did all this because they want to hear, you know, whatever. And it's like, why even include that? Like, why why after all this do we still want this fictional version of Ted Bundy to be able to tell his delusional story when the movie does, is not complex enough to support ambiguity and can honestly be i think perceived as slightly misleading and dangerous in that respect
1: we already know that he is a pathological liar like yeah. you understand. and if anything it it's it's exceedingly cruel to the character that he's actually speaking to to actually be subjugated to this and i guess Maybe it's just trying to drive home the the fundamental cruelty of that character, but I think it's it's honestly gross.
0: So but that
3: that that ends though in a in a weird spot because he admits to her one aspect of his a murder that he did. So that's obviously he's not
1: a bad guy, huh? But he's not a bad guy, Alex. He's. he's the... oh. Okay.
2: Thing. He's yeah. definitely yeah. a villain.
1: He's
3: definitely someone <laughs> who deserved to go to the electric chair. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not for the death penalty, but man, like, if you're putting that many names on the board. I, I don't know. I think, I think, I think we can all agree that that this is not a good person. He's not coming back. Yeah,
1: yeah, he needs to. Uh, yeah, we,
3: we don't need to get into that discussion, but all right. um, at, at all. But I, I feel like. There are certain people for me, at least, if they they go that far, where it's like, eh, I don't know.
0: Well, I also I wonder back. about the movie uh, prudishness when it comes to the death penalty, because it's a fact that you know he was executed, and I'm not saying we need a full out, you know, depiction of such a thing, but I almost feel like not even like hinting at it uh, beyond. Uh, you know, just saying that he will be executed is, I don't know, it's just weird in, in, in a way that almost allows the death penalty to be just in the narrative of the movie because we don't have to actually think about it.
3: Well, the other thing that's weird about the, the, that, that's not commented on very much is I'm pretty sure he was pretty late in the game in terms of people who were um, given the death penalty by uh, electric chair. Okay. What, what wasn't that pretty like wasn't that pretty much outlawed uh, maybe maybe it wasn't as long ago as I'm thinking but I feel like that was pretty late in the game before everything went to lethal injection
2: I will'll say that kind of in that scene in particular because they everything about it is on the outside of the building and they don't do any internal shots. For anything about that moment, um, I found that very, I guess, sanitary, if you will. Um, and I was interested as to why that choice was made. Um, and I don't know if it's because it's from, again, they were trying to do something from the perspective of Liz, even though we all know that that didn't really work out. Um, but I. I definitely agree that there was something there was something about trying to make him humane that I I myself was turned off by it because I guess maybe I went into it knowing like oh man this this is a serial killer I'm not supposed to feel emotion for this guy and then like every time he kept denying I was like all right I'm getting a little bit more creeped out by this dude because he's so adamant in denying it and I'm not saying that you know, obviously there are individuals who have not committed crimes and are truly not guilty, um, but are doing time or things like that um, for wrong causes. Um, but we definitely—how do I say it? Um, we all know he did it, and the fact that they tried—that the—that the filmmakers definitely tried to make it as humane and as, like, I guess...
3: Weirdly ambiguous. I mean, yeah.
2: I, yeah. Like, <laughs> I I felt very... Um, it felt very standoffish to me. And I, I would have preferred something a little bit more hands-on. Um, but I think that's true throughout the entire film, though. I feel like a lot of it was very hands-off. There was nothing that really like stood out to me that was visceral about this movie. There was nothing like that. I, I felt moved by, um, at all. Um, it was, it was very strange.
3: I will say Nick hit on this during his, uh, initial comments about the twist that we see, uh, probably around the beginning of the third act or so. And I actually, maybe I'll be in the minority on this. In fact, I probably will be, but I actually quite enjoyed that twist. Um, I I think the idea of talking
0: about Liz being the one that offered up his name. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I I, I thought that that was actually a pretty nice story change for her in terms of the persona that she has been putting on for her friends, family, anyone who's uh, involved with her, Um, you know, people who cannot understand why she's feeling the way she is. Um, and In fact, she cannot understand it. Um, and I feel like that, that allows the audience to play the outside world for the majority of the film and then kind of lets us into what her story is uh, later in the game. So I thought that that was actually a pretty solid reveal, uh, especially at the point in the film that, that it happened in. And I also do like that her character does have actual growth throughout the end of the film. And she's not this battered woman who cannot cope with the idea that she was taken advantage of and and taken by Ted Bundy. She seems to have accepted that not only he is a serial killer, but that she should actually be proud of herself for being the one who reported him and is not, you know, someone who was just another person who fell for his bullshit charming act that um, frankly, unfortunately uh, in a lot of ways uh, this country and this world uh, oddly idolizes and accepts People, maybe not to the level of Ted Bundy, but certainly predators who prey upon women, children, uh, just other people are oddly acceptable in our society. And it's really fucked up. Um, and and she did the right thing and saw that there was a potential that the person that she was in love with was uh, this serial killer. And she's like, yo, My boyfriend kind of looks like that guy. You should probably check up on that. And uh, I I appreciate that. And I appreciate that part of the film.
0: I liked the scene itself. You know, I I did think it emotionally landed in a way that just almost 99% of the other scenes in the movie didn't. So I guess I'm not against the twist itself. I'm against it being a twist. I don't think that... The ride was worth it just for that, like, gut punch, because I still think that putting it there and withholding it is playing into Bundy's hand and not more so than it is, you know, just trying to evoke what it is like to be someone judging her every step of the way. I think we've judged her for so long that we don't need another (laughs) uh, piece of media where she, at least for most of the running time, you know, is looked at with the cockeyed glance of like, why are you doing this or whatever? And I think what really seals it for me as being wrong as a twist is that after it's revealed by the next scene, that, twist doesn't really impact much of anything it retroactively fills in the blanks as to like why she was feeling the way she was feeling so if anything it's more like Um, you know, just information we could have had the whole time that would have helped us uh, empathize with her situation. But then afterwards, I almost feel like it's overshadowed, not by the magnitude of what's to come, but just because, once again, Ted Bundy is more important. Because I think her twist is actually weirdly... Uh, superseded by the reveal when he finally tells her one detail of his kill, which is weird because that in and of itself should not be a twist once again, and that almost lets him... <laughs> pivot the audience once more even if you know and you're not shocked by it uh technically speaking the narrative of the film is telling you that this is another you know whatever so once again no matter what she does in that scene he technically controlled the whole thing emotionally speaking because he controlled how she's going to react uh whether it's positive or negative whatever uh and he kind of steals the movie again out from under her, and, you know, you can say you can have a character like in The Wolf of Wall Street, like Jordan Belfort, and say, you know, it part of it is you have to seduce the audience, so that way you can understand what it's like, you know, to be him, or to be, you know, want to be with him, or whatever, but this movie does not have the complexity of painting out something like that especially if it's not even going to show any actual immoral action by him um like even the reveal when you see the flashbacks uh you don't really see much of anything except for like one graphic hit or whatever and i can understand why most people would think that that there's no value in that either um but i almost think it would be less offensive if we had a more uh shocking version of this movie where we can't forget that Ted Bundy is, you know, a serial killer by night. So I, I don't know, I feel like that whole uh that whole twist is uh pretty much buried by the time it does rise to the surface. It it works for a moment and then that moment's gone and it's back to Bundy.
1: It almost makes me it it, it doesn't even almost. It it's seriously makes me question where this film's sympathies are and su- to such an extent that it would it would be adapting a book by the woman who was dating ted bundy and yet it paints him in such a in such a questionably neutral light and almost leaning entirely into his in, into sort of his his charismatic sociopathic persona that i don't know if this film i don't know if the people who made the the people who wrote this film who who directed this film who produced this film are able to uh separate their their fascination from their disgust and it it, it ultimately boils down into a very um uh, a very sour concoction of a of a of a tone and of a film. Yeah, I I I don't I don't think this sits with me very well.
0: I I left the movie uh, with the feeling in my head that Liz only had a movie made about her because she was Ted Bundy's victim, and I think because I left the movie with that feeling, it means the director and writers failed because there is a story in which she's not the victim and she's like, that's not her central story to be told and that there's actually a lot more to it. But unfortunately that's the story that got thrown out there because that is more attractive to uh, the audience.
3: Yeah. I mean, I I can't disagree with what you guys are saying uh, as it relates to that. I feel like, thematically, the twist worked pretty well for me, uh, as I mentioned earlier. uh, And and into the the follow-up, I I guess I'll be a little on the other side of of the fence on that, is that I I felt like Liz's character, especially through the last 30 minutes of this film, um, was a little more... I don't want to say empowered, because that's not correct, but I feel like her character was given a little more justice in the ending portions of this film than throughout uh, the beginning and middle of this movie where uh, I feel like it just totally missed the mark in relation to her character. Something else I definitely wanted us to talk about was that trial in Florida because, boy, howdy, is that uh, a revisionist history feeling probably on the way that the media – uh, and people took and consumed um, trials and live television. Uh, I mean, they, they mention it at a couple points throughout this film. This is the first murder trial, I believe, to be broadcast on television, um, or at least it's a, a very early uh, trial to be broadcast on television. And there are even some moments that are kind of coolly winking at it, Uh, like when Jim Parsons is walking towards his first exhibit and he's like oddly looking back straight at the camera. Um, Thought that was pretty great. But other than small moments like that, I feel like this film is living in a post-OJ trial uh, world where, oh man, look at how all of these people reacted to the way that this trial is going and the hysteria around it uh, and the way that the media, I mean, I feel like a lot of the comments and actions by people outside of the actual trial that are shown throughout that 20 minute sequence where the trial is going on, there's no way that's actually how it happened. Like the, the, the whole, presentation of uh the the girlfriend who i actually thought was quite good and actually looked very shockingly like the actual woman who uh played the uh the girlfriend uh, again who ended up uh, getting pregnant uh with ted bundy's child but carol ann yeah. yep yep uh, carol ann boone yes uh i think it's the glasses that really did it that made her look just like that you know kind of weird that she's like a, you know, 25 year old woman who somehow looks like she's 50. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. But there's no way that all of these people are having those exact opinions in that moment. Like, this is just the media trying to, trying to pull the strings and everything. I'm like, but it's the first trial that's on TV. Like there's no way that these people can have these opinions in this era when we don't have, countless examples of this is how people react to live courtroom cases. It's very bizarre to me.
0: Well, I think, technically speaking, what's confusing about that whole thing is that it's not the first trial. Like, you know, we saw Watergate trial, we saw McCarthyism, we saw the Lindbergh baby on television. uh, Or, in the case of Lindbergh baby, that was, like, on newsreel footage, but still so it was like that maybe that was the first prolific serial killer type thing. Um, but we, we did have, you know, media coverage of trials based on, uh, video footage before that. So yeah, for the movie to say, go out of its way to say, basically something that's not outright false, but definitely misleading, uh, does muddy the whole thing. And then I, I can understand what you're saying. It's like, well, wait, if this is the first one, then why are they acting like they've done this before? Well, they have done this before, and it's not the first one, so that's why it's just kind of bonkers. Hmm. Okay, well, that, I guess, makes more
3: sense. But even, even so, um, that's another thing, uh, and it's kind of relates to the, to the trial. Um, this f- film has a whole... Like collection of of different, you know, I don't I don't want to know what know what the best way to describe it is, but just showing all of these girls who know he's a serial killer and are just constantly talking about, oh yeah,
0: he's great, he's dreamy. That I and, will say is the one thing that's actually kind of realistic about the movie. No, but...
3: <laughs> it, 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 and it is, but uh, I guess what my takeaway from that is that if this film wanted that to be part of the storyline, it should have made it part of the storyline. Like why have that be oddly in the background and then have like, like a random shot of there being young women in the, in the audience at, at the court case or that small snippet of women saying, Oh yeah, he's dreamy. And then that's like totally sidelined throughout the rest of the film. It's just a, an odd detail to me that was given a pretty prominent position uh, later on in the movie.
2: It felt very forced, um, like that, like they had to bring it up because it's related to the media of that, of, of the trial of Ted Bundy, but by no means did it feel that I feel like it was kind of like, Oh man, that like they were going back through the script and they were like, Oh, that's right. Yeah. The, he had a band of groupies. Yeah. we'll we'll just throw some of those in like with the TV, um, and, and like towards the end of it, um, it it felt strange for sure.
0: So
1: I'm uh, setting to be a lawyer. What's that? So I'm setting to be a lawyer. Yeah. It's taking a little while. Like, oh, oh fucker. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I've
3: only really ever seen television and film of uh, court cases other than a couple small times, when I've actually watched real ones. But uh, even though he kind of has a lawyer's, like, learner's permit, uh, can he just start representing himself in the middle of the trial without yeah. giving Everybody up can. his – no, I know, but, like, he's, like, when he uh, the judge is talking to – Brian Garrity, and then he just starts talking instead of him. Is that that's all good?
0: Yeah, you can 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 just at some point technically speaking, it would depend on the judge because I think it's a personality thing. But there's nothing that says you are not allowed to because technically, all a lawyer is doing is speaking for
1: you. Yeah.
0: So I I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those outlandish things, you know.
1: But sure, uh, if you have no law training, then uh, it's it's certainly not recommended. What? <laughs> you're not. You're not trained in law. It's certainly no. Not I. I, well, I got what you're it, it, don't,
3: don't it, you were saying. Don't you worry.
1: Probably on, but it's not like it, you can't. It's not like you can't do it. It's like, do you really? You do that? <laughs> it's a bad idea. I, I will
0: admit, idea. when he uh, did. Uh, when he did object, you know, that first time or whatever, I that was probably the only time I was charmed by him because that's, like, what I always want to see a client do in every single courtroom drama. Like, where they just, uh, Objection, Your Honor! Uh, yes. Hello there. Uh,
2: that was a very interesting moment, too. Yeah. I like how you mentioned that he, like, that he charmed you. Because I'm, like, thinking of, like, when I was watching that moment and, like kind of replaying that scene and i was like no i don't know if i was necessarily charmed i was more
0: uh, yeah i mean that's completely fair i
2: mean i mean he does have beautiful blue eyes but that's aside from the point um or is it maybe um i think i i guess kind of going off of what alex was questioning um I feel like I did. I don't know enough about law, like being in a courtroom or anything like that, that I kind of couldn't be. I mean, I kind of just had to like take a back seat and just watch it for what it is. Um, and I can only like, I only felt valid in questioning so much in those scenes, um, just because I. I I have no training in that expertise field or or anything like it. Um, Though I did find it, and I don't know if it's just, uh, I assume that it's a Ted Bundy trait, but like when he would just like drop some really large vocabulary in there um, when he was talking to folks, I was, um, I, I was both amused, but also kind of like, oh, you're one of those assholes. Um, so I don't know if that was a good character development trait thrown in there or what.
1: Yeah, I think it was, think it was good. Um, I, I I think it's really funny that you're able to pick up on that, Sam. Like during the time when this when these events occurred, like I can see people being charmed by that, but like no, he's a yeah, he is. He's definitely one of those dudes.
2: I think of it in like the sense of. So, like, because I know my parents were teenagers when this was all happening, um, like teenagers slash young adults, if you will, um, when the trial was happening. um, And that was something that, I mean, my dad comes from a very, and and even my mom, they both come from very, like, blue-collar families and things like that. um, And they were, like, my mom was one of the first in her family to go to school, things like that. and. I keep thinking about like the a good portion of the folks that are watching this live on TV, how they would have responded to, to watching him uh, sort of play a persona uh, on character or on on TV, um, and I I kind of wonder too whether or not he was a persona in and of himself and whether or not he had true colors ever within this film. Um, Cause he kept, I think whenever he kept saying that, you know, he, he definitely, you know, he definitely loves Liz and things like that. But I, I also couldn't necessarily trust whatever he said. And I, I think that's partly because in my heart, I know that this man's a serial killer. Why would I trust anything that he says? Um, But also I, I, and I, I guess this is kudos to Zac Efron because I definitely felt that it was all a persona um, and that it was not a true, a true person at at any point in time.
0: Yeah. I, I also want to really quickly mention and say that, uh, Ladies out there, uh, all y'all single mothers listening, hello, hit me up, uh, if you watch this movie, uh, and you see, uh, that scene, their little meet cute, and then the morning after, uh, is that, is that romantic? That you wake up and your one night stand is making breakfast for your little baby and didn't want to wake you because you were a little angel? Uh, is that like the foundation for for true love or is that creepy as fuck? Hit us up.
2: As a woman uh, show
0: at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sam.
2: As a woman, I'm going to throw in my two cents here. Um <laughs> actually like five dollars worth of it. Alright. Um <laughs> I, Ooh, I don't have change. <laughs> that's okay. Um that um I since I, I i'll back up a little bit i did not know who liz was going into this film and i thought that she was going to be one of the first victims um and so i right away was horrified to know that this man is missing from her bed and her child is gone um and i was it, i felt fear and i almost got a little upset with her that she wasn't more upset with ted and that she wasn't more nervous and, and anxious and, and terrified that like her small child was in the kitchen with this man that she just met last night. Like, I, I don't know. I, it's, um, so it's not I, just me. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> could, could, I, could
3: that be a era specific thing that could have actually been legit for that time period? I mean, she's young. She's a single mother. Um, and I'm sure she's been shunned by a lot of people. I mean, there's even a comment in that opening scene of, "Well, I'm not going to find anybody because I've got a child at home." And she's like, "No, you, you're, you're single, not a single mom, and you just be a VP tonight or something." And I was like, "Okay, that's interesting," but at the same time, I feel like that that's playing into that era's idea of, um, you know women who have a child at home and don't have a husband are pretty much willing to do whatever to find a man, which is obviously gross, but um, for sure I feel like a a societal acceptable norm of that era.
2: I didn't think of it that way. And I, I appreciate that you bring that up because now I wonder if that's, why it was easier for her to accept that the man was like in her kitchen making breakfast and like had already like picked up the child and was like, yeah, we're like already getting ready for breakfast. Come join us. Um, Cause that would, it, I mean, if you do think of that time era um, or at least like slightly prior to that, it was the, yeah, I'm, hmm. Now I'm going to be thinking about that for a little while. Okay, yeah, cool. I, mean, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's sh- a good point.
3: I'm I'm sure she's been told at some point, or at least made to feel like she's damaged goods, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah,
2: it's
0: just like that uh, theme song to the Reba sitcom, you know, uh, a single mom who works two jobs, who loves Ted Bundy but not the cops, oh, Survivor. No. You
2: know. Oh my God, that's perfect. <laughs>
0: They call me
3: boss. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like throw that in there. Okay.
1: <laughs> you bring that back. <laughs> You're like a cat that just brought a dead bird as a present. I'm just like, oh, isn't that. Isn't mm-hmm. that considerate? No, I'm
3: pretty sure you were. Did you rewatch that recently?
0: Did I rewatch that movie? Mm hmm. I've never seen that movie. Really?
3: Yeah,
1: we
0: watched it together. No, we uh, didn't. We I showed we you guys, watched guys the, the, trailer, the trailer, and that's oh, all I know God. about it.
1: <laughs> okay, maybe, I mean, I'm,
0: one I'm, day I'll plan really to watch with,
1: it. But... The guy who uh, has the thing that's able to choke people.
0: Oh, that I rewatched <laughs> recently. Yes, there, there we go. That's what I'm welcome saying. home, brother Charles.
1: That's
3: it. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. I
0: rewatched, and that's great.
3: Sorry, Sam. We're going down a really unfortunate wormhole here and i don't even know
0: how we got that's out of this okay. because
2: i was that, trying to my do fault. my yep. amazing
0: reba bit and then alex was like man that was so funny what can i add oh allusions to racial epithets
3: oh my god that's pretty <laughs> no, much how it went, we went, <laughs> yeah. we, went a,
1: we went down a memory hole into uh in, in, into the dark annals of film a, tank history is that the technical term a memory
0: hole yeah a memory hole <laughs> Oh we'll plug in. Uh,
3: yeah. Oh boy. Well So the cops are pretty stupid in this, huh? Yeah. Boy, are they fucking dumb.
2: Very much. I almost wish I mean...
0: the movie would show a little bit more of that because I honestly think that would be half the reason why Ted Bundy would I mean they did it a little bit like the courthouse, you know, whatever, but I almost feel like there's even more to a lot of that, as to why it would be so hard to catch him, because it's just—I mean, you, yeah—if you put on the interrogation table the contents of his truck, which or his trunk, uh, which they do, you know, bags, uh, bleach, a saw, whatever—and he has to kill more people in other states just to be caught—that's uh, saying something.
2: I do find it. Um... I, I wonder about it because I know I had watched um, something previously that was a true crime one and that for a certain amount, for a good portion of time, states could not go off of any circumstantial evidence. They had to have physical proof. Um, and while having trash bags and things like that in your car is physical proof, they couldn't necessarily link it to any bodies so in that sense, they kind of had to make do with what they could, even if those individuals maybe were smarter. Um, but I, the whole thing of this, like, I am still puzzled by how he got away with so much for such a period of time. It's, uh,
1: he's dreamy. <laughs> oh, apparently
2: boy. dreamy looks well, are what get you places nowadays.
3: As someone who cared deeply about doing research on this, I checked out Ted Bundy's Wikipedia page. and you were going it... to say, like, MySpace. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no. MySpace was after his time. Yeah.
3: His his he's probably, he's probably he's still got a profile. think a homepage. He's Tom. Um, <laughs> so, no, but uh, at least what I was reading on there, which may or may not be accurate... Uh, is that a a big thing was that he had a pretty, pretty solid knowledge of law enforcement and their tactics when it comes to these kind of, um, cases and that he, unlike a lot of serial killers, um, was trying not at least at first to be as, um, Obvious as possible in terms of not having any fingerprints, not having, uh, a extreme calling card changing up his, his profile a bit. So, I mean, I, I think there's probably, especially before DNA evidence and things like that, like there's, there's seems like there's a, a reason why he didn't get caught until he did. Although the fact that he, it it took three States after they found out that he was pretty much the killer for them to finally catch him and convict him is, is obviously a little disappointing.
2: (laughs) And also also pin it with his bite mark, by the way, like with the teeth
0: on the buttocks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's,
3: I feel like that's what they had in this era where they were just like, Nope, those are for sure his teeth marks. And they're like, guilty like now it would be like well we found small traces of his dna here here and here and it's like well that's it it would have been um, but,
0: great yeah. if after like he pointed at that diagram and he just looked at ted bundy in court and was like and i'm sorry to say but the tooth hurts So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: from that, um something I, just, something I just thought of uh just now was the in the final confrontation with uh Ted Bundy, what Ted says to Liz when she asks like how many women did you kill? Did you ever want to do that to me? And he says I think he says to something to the effect, Never you it made me think of um happiness. That- it did, yeah. It made me think of happiness. It, it made me think of that really fucked up scene from Happiness. Now it's like, ooh. Except Happiness a has better a, movie." even better
0: one. payoff after there's one extra line. I would never do that. I would yeah. only.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. That's
0: Dylan Baker, too. Yeah.
1: That
3: weird cameo he has here. <laughs>
1: uh, also,
3: Jeffrey Donovan, uh, the guy from Burn Notice, yeah. uh, who shows up here and with his beard and lawn hair is pretty big to recognize.
1: <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, Nick. <laughs> uh, yeah.
3: That's that, but that's a weird part of this. I feel like this is this is a hallmark of these kind of films or at least maybe even just Netflix films uh, where they just collect people to put on the poster and you're like, man, what a cast. And then they're in the film for like four minutes. And it's like, Oh, okay. I guess there's going to be new character development for that person.
2: I felt that way actually about Jim Parsons character or rather him. Cause when uh, he was,
3: he was just a guy in this. That was anyone could <laughs> totally. have played that role.
2: <laughs> well, and it's interesting. Cause when I saw the trailer and I, he was featured a lot in the trailer and I was like, Oh, I went into this thinking that most of the movie, like three quarters of this movie was going to be like focusing on the, like the trial itself. Um, but then I, it, it didn't. Um, and then I saw that he was only in it for like these like hot takes. Um, and it was very interesting to, to see that in it um, or rather that smallness um, to that big role of of a high prosecutor I guess
3: yeah I, I feel like that that is just Netflix slash Hollywood trying to use star power to its advantage I, have, I mean this is a Sundance film so I'm assuming that the actors who participate in this totally did not make their quote on this film. So, this is a bit of an independent passion. I mean, it had to be in some way, Um,
0: which I I think is weird.
3: Like, were they just blown away? Finally, the story is
0: going to be told. What? that finally, his story is going to be told.
3: Yeah, were were they just blown away by the uh, fact that they're? Oh, we could do a Ted Bundy movie. No one's ever, no one's ever done crime before. a He's He's legend. legend. Yeah, well, I don't know. Inter- interesting, but but it it's odd because, uh, and I think I'm actually probably the highest out of anybody on this film. I mean, maybe we'll see when we get to ratings here in a bit, but. Um. this is a weird movie because there's a lot about this. That's just terrible, but I didn't think this was that bad. Like it, it's, I don't, I don't know what about it I, that really just draw drew me in, but there was something throughout almost the entirety of this that, that kept my attention uh, and kept me wanting to see what was going to happen in the next scene. And that's uh, kind, kind of interesting. And, Real quick, too, and and if anybody wants to comment on that, they are more than welcome to, but going off of uh, a comment that Sam made earlier about Lily Collins uh, being the first victim, we haven't had that in a while, and you know what? We need a head or a lead actor from a film to get killed off in the first, like, 10 minutes because that's such a great, like, way to subvert the audience's feelings about a film. I mean, obviously... Hitchcock did it, really. He was the the one who played that fiddle uh, fantastically in Psycho, uh, and other people have done it, too. But I feel like we haven't gotten a really well-known film that's killed off its main character in the first 20 minutes in a long time.
2: I think that's one of the reasons why I was, uh, I guess... So the first maybe like 10, 15 minutes were kind of a blur to me. And I wasn't sure if that's because it was supposed to be um, with her suddenly meeting him and and then going back to to her place and whatnot. Um, But at the same time, I I was kind of disappointed that she wasn't the first victim. Um,
0: Don't tell her that.
2: I I know, (laughs) Um, but because I growing up and I like that you mentioned like very Hitchcock um, sort of vibes, Alex. Um, I actually love watching those movies. Um, And I I initially thought that that's the vibe that we were going for of like seeing kind of his progression as as a killer rather than – sort of give, getting that humanitarian perspective of him.
3: I feel like the framing of him in that final scene when they are uh, having the discussion and he writes the hacksaw thing, I got a really big Anthony Perkins vibe from him in that final scene.
2: Agreed. Um,
3: so, so I do think there was an attempt uh, to pull in some Hitchcock Hitchcockian type vibes in this but uh they only ended up being attempts I, i think is uh i don't i don't think the filmmakers were really game here uh to be even trying to play in that sandbox
2: and i think kind of i think another moment when i guess it could be like a hitchcock moment even um was when they went to the hotel room um because after that initial moment of like her being that first victim and then realizing like, Oh, she's, you know, they're building some, o- something out of this. Um, I just assume that it was the way that like he wines and dines, um, if you will. Um, and when they were in the hotel room, it felt very much. And I like that they kept flashing back to that occasionally um, that that was really when he had this momentous, you know, kind of, I, I don't know, decision in, in his hands that he truly could have killed her in that moment. And there would be no second thought. Um, I think, I think personally what held him back was that there's a child and that she's not just a single woman that could just be lost in the ether, if you will.
3: Yeah, but we would never know that as an audience. Like, that's never baked in this movie. It's plus. It's all speculation. A child at one point. Yeah, I mean, he did rape and murder a 12-year-old, so that's... Yeah, ugh.
2: it's not beyond him.
0: Right,
3: yeah, no. it's just
0: the movie does not have a graph. And on the one hand, that's one of the only merits of this movie, is that it doesn't try to psychoanalyze ted bundy because oftentimes that's another dangerous trap is to really try to see what makes these guys tick because we know what it is it's you know misogyny it's self-interest it's whatever you know it's always it's boring and it's not worth it's my it.
2: mother abandoned me when yeah. i was born and and it's yeah. never
0: an actual excuse but then it almost plays like one so right yeah
2: you guys ready to uh
3: let the world know our final ratings oh yes
2: sure okay
3: uh i'll go first since i uh ended our opening thoughts and i gave this a three out of five and it might be a little high and if i watch this again and i don't know if that'll happen anytime soon or or ever uh but I I didn't think this was nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be, Um, although I do think that there's plenty here that is concerning and also oddly played uh, to play up the idea of Ted Bundy, especially in the first half, at least, of of this movie, but uh, some character choices, some acting performances, and, and the pacing and intrigue of this kept me interested from start to finish, and... As a movie, I I thought it uh, accomplished its goal of uh, making an hour and 50 minutes um, feel worthwhile spent on watching a piece of media. So, uh, not great, but also not terrible for me for this film. And three out of five for me for Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. That name is still awful, so that's a bad start.
0: I will go next, if that's okay. Um, well, thank you. I give... <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Your Honor, get him out of this courtroom. I give this movie... T- oh. Your Honor, what did I just say? Uh, I give this movie two out of five stars. Uh, I really think that it's not badly made... But uh, who it's made for, I don't know, nor do I really want to know. Uh, so uh, at times I found it to be a little too jovial for a movie that uh, surrounds one of the most heinous uh, people to ever live. So uh, yeah, two out of five stars for EWSEB. That's extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile.
2: Okay. Uh, thank you for defining that one because I was like, uh, "What is this?" You're welcome. Um, uh, I do agree, and and I think um, this title for the movie is a little too lengthy, um, but that's aside from the point. Um, overall, um, I while I was intrigued by the movie. Um, By no means was it something that absolutely grabbed my attention. Um, I think it was an interesting take on the real person um, of Ted Bundy as well as in general kind of taking trying to take it at least from a a different perspective Um, and actually not trying to psychoanalyze everything about him as a serial killer um was quite uh interesting uh and and a little bit um nicer on the palette. Um but nonetheless I think that um there could have been a little bit stronger of choices made not only in um depth of character but also just in um the the film as a whole in and thinking it through a little bit more um, i think it played to its strength of the time period um and using that that color scheme in it's um in its film or in its cinematography but i also um think that it could have been a little bit better organized um in terms of just the way everything was cut and and things like that not just chronologically um so overall, um, probably sounds very messy, um, the way that my brain is thinking at the moment. Um, overall, it was um, a decent film. I'd give it a two and a half out of five. Um, nothing incredible. I don't know if I'll actually want to sit back down to, to put it on. I think this will be more of like a, Oh, this is on and I can't change the channel, so I'll just leave it be and do other things around the house.
1: Yeah, um, So the more that I think about this film, the more that it uh, it, it sours in hindsight. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna mince words. I think this movie's horseshit. Um, I, I think that it while while competently made, I, I believe that, um, the motivations that are apparent in, in, in the framing of its, of its main characters, um, is, is alarming. And, and if not, if not deliberately harmful, then, then, uh, incompetently, inadvertently so, um, yeah, I, I can't see myself returning to this film uh, simply for the fact of echoing what Nick uh, sort of stated in his opening uh, opening comments that I, I don't know if I really learned anything about Ted Bundy through this film or I don't feel like I learned anything about uh, the, the, the person that Liz was um, that I could not have learned from a newspaper article. Uh, and so in that way I feel like it's a colossal waste of my time. Uh, it, it, it stopped short of, of completely disgusting me. Uh, so I'm going to give it a one and a half out of five. Right on.
3: And that's all well, folks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. That, that, that time I did not, uh, uh, lose attention. I literally kept trying to hit my mute button off and it just wasn't happening. So, my bad on that. Uh, no problem. Well, uh-huh. uh huh. Well, if you out there have any thoughts on extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile, uh, hopefully that's the last time we have to say that name on this podcast. Not because of the movie, but because of that just terrible title. Uh, send them on to us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. Or try to find us on Facebook or Twitter at Film Tank Show. Coming up on our next episode, a film that uh, Tucson suggested. Uh, a Amy Simets film. Simetz? Simets? Simets? <sighs> I'm gonna go with
0: Simets. Okay, that'll work. So it doesn't sound uh, like you're saying semen.
3: <laughs> Yay! Okay. Uh called She Dies Tomorrow. Uh, we're going to do that on our next episode. And Toussaint, you had suggested this and
1: uh, why exactly did you suggest it? Um, I feel as though I have to uh, talk about this in a very uh, tactful manner. Uh, we can sort of, if, if, if you really poke and prod me then I will tell you the exact circumstances of how this actually uh, no, what? I, I, I'm, I'm.
3: I'm more interested in just why you felt to speak about this as a film that you
1: want to do an episode on. Well, um... let's <laughs> start. Not... No, no, no. no. Well, well, oh boy. More than anything, the, the the thing that's most important is that I Alex, saw. That... You're forgetting
0: the circumstances as to why this movie came up in conversation. So you're. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're thinking that t- Tucson is like making this whatever, but it was literally a conversation where we talked about something that was horrific, and then it led oh, into is... why don't so, we do this? <laughs> now, Tucson, have you seen this
3: or not?
1: I have not seen this. I've only. Oh boy, we're in trouble. It, and it looks, I I think that it looks incredible. I I, I, I love the premise. I think that okay. it it really inadvertently resonates with our time in a way that uh is is almost shockingly on the nose like it, it could not That's have it, it, it could not have uh landed um more perfectly and I say that um as half a compliment and also half of a ugh, man it's it's uh it doesn't say a lot about our our current uh, global situation that this film is as resonant as 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 it is uh but 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 that's what it is and i that's why i'm i'm really looking forward to um watching it and i don't think i've i've really seen a film of hers like consciously and i'm really just uh i'm really curious to see what she does with it i i i i'm, I'm i i i would have loved to have seen this in theaters uh if that were still a thing And hopefully that will one day be a a thing we can do.
3: I saw your tweet earlier, Tucson, and it made my heart sad. It It did. Dude,
1: man, I I miss the fucking theater. I I miss going to the movies. I miss going to the movies with my friends. I miss going to the movies by myself. Like, that's one of my favorite fucking pastimes, and fucking pandemic COVID bullshit. And you can quote me on that. Okay. Uh, And... I do remember
3: uh Toussaint and uh our little Snefu, I believe, in that he thought that Shane Carruth was in, involved in this somehow
0: no uh, it, it, no it, so this is a huge conversation that you uh you completely seem to have missed <laughs> oh okay uh, well, it's not that he's not involved, but the it it is a personal issue that Shane decided to essentially dig up on the eve of her premiere, which seemed purposeful. And so Toussaint was like, "Why do not not only should we do her movie, because it looks very good, but we should do it and not even talk about Shane Carruth, the asshole. Uh, and yet, in,
3: here we are. I just brought it up. In honor so, of no. that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that, that, that's why that was, I That was went
0: the entire part. conversation. I'm not holding a mic. Okay. That. No? Well, <laughs> okay.
3: But the good news is is we're not doing this on the actual episode. Yeah. We're just doing it you on know, the preview, so... Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't count. No. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: Yeah. Boy. <laughs> Anyways, that'll be coming up on our next episode, and we definitely won't mention Shane Carruth on that episode.
1: No, we will not. <laughs> and maybe not even like in the future of film. <laughs> well, we'll cross we'll, we'll, <laughs> well, we'll the bridge when we come to it.
0: I mean, he's an asshole and whatever, but it's like, I, are you going to not talk about every asshole? I mean, on her episode, yeah, we can totally.
1: Yeah. yeah. We'll I, cross that bridge when we come to it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So uh,
3: that's something to look forward to next week. If you ever want to listen to any of our episodes, go ahead and find us at filmtankshow.com. You can also find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, also uh, over on Spotify as well, and on Stitcher uh, by searching for Film Tank Show. As always, thank you very much, Sam, for joining us. Um, uh, You know, uh, other than Anna, you've been our most regular guest. And uh, it's always great to talk with you about movies. And uh, this was no different.
2: Thanks. I enjoy spending time with you guys and being able to chat about movies and uh, and TV shows and be able to... Um, just have other human communication in a time of being stuck indoors for quite some time and only with like a small group of folks
1: Ain't that the truth <laughs> Yep
2: <Woo-hoo.
3: laughs> So from Sam Toussaint, Nick and myself Alex, thank you very much as always for joining us here at Film Tank. Look forward to chatting with you next time